Hello, welcome to the Chengdu Gaming Federation podcast. I'm Austin. I'm joined here with Charlie. What's up? Hello. And today we wanted to talk about urban legends in gaming. Yeah, you first came to me with the idea of doing a podcast about myths. You said, hey, how about we do one on myths? And I thought, what does that mean exactly? How does that work? And you mentioned a few of these urban legends to me specifically. Polybius, I think, was one of the first ones you mentioned, which we'll talk about today. Right. And as I started to look into these, I thought it was really interesting. And it it quickly became apparent to me that this is a pretty legitimate, substantive topic to talk on. Yeah, there's uh, there's quite a few, I don't know, especially back in the days before internet where things would kind of like go through word of mouth or something and you couldn't just get on Google and be like, can you do that? Yeah, and now you can and it's easy to blow some of these myths like out of the water just right. by doing that. <laughs> right. Um, so let's, how did you get on this to begin with? What was the first myth that came to mind when you had the idea of talking about this as a podcast episode? Well, I mean... I had told you about the Polybius video I had watched. Um, on the Ahoy channel? On the Ahoy channel. And um, that was a really well done video. Very interesting. Yeah, I really like that YouTube channel. I didn't know of it until you introduced it to me. It's and very it's cool. Really good, yeah. Yeah. Um, but that made me think about, you know, maybe this is an interesting topic to talk, talk about. And when I had been younger, I had been following, like, what was going along with the Ben Drown thing. I thought about... Some of the other, you know, urban legends that had like spread around and thought maybe we have a topic to talk about, not just like Polybius or like one thing, but there's several floating around out there that are some of which are like really bizarre, weird ones and stuff. So cool. Well, I'll give a quick introduction to Polybius, then you can fill in some of the blanks since I have actually not seen the entirety of the Ahoy video. So I'm sure that there's a lot about Polybius that I don't know. But it is has been a widely discussed phenomenon. Polybius is a... Is it fictitious or is it real? Where do you stand on this, on the myth? Well, I watched the video and um, the, the guy on Ahoy actually emailed the uh, person who originally had like done, as far as anyone could find, done the first posting about the game. And the guy basically said he couldn't talk talk about it but like had a lot of loopholes in his story so like ahoy is pretty convinced and he's done like the most recent up-to-date research on whether or not it is real or not so, so ahoy has kind of propagated the myth of it right would you say that's fair to say yeah i'd say it's kind of gotta be fake i mean there's like no evidence of the game ever existing before like all right well let's let's explain what this is for people who might not be familiar so polybius is supposedly a 1981 arcade game that originated from an urban legend created in the year 2000 the actual game's existence has never been really proven before uh, but it has served as inspiration for a lot of real games which have also adopted the same name yeah there's like a ps4 game i believe there's a vr game as well yeah, uh, actually, so, Ernest Klein wrote a book where uh, Polybius is kind of the setup for it. Uh, Polybius machines have also appeared in the background of arcade scenes in television shows, including The Simpsons. Yeah. In the 2006 episode of The Simpsons titled, Please Homer, Don't Hammer Him, <laughs> a Polybius acad uh, cabinet appears in an arcade full of outdated arcade machines in the 1970s and 1980s. And it's usually depicted as just having a single button, right? Mm, 
really it's like a it's they... like a joystick and a single button. I think is yeah, the, think is like so. the configuration on on it. And on the Simpsons on the side of the cabinet, it said uh, "Property of U.S. Government." Yeah. So the idea of the conspiracy. The urban legend is essentially that Polybius was a government-run psychological experiment, By which the CIA or something. Yeah, which took place, I think, in a Portland suburb. Portland, Portland. Yeah, Portland, yeah. Oregon, which is a big gaming, gaming city. One of my favorite arcades. One of the best arcades in the country is there, called Ground, Ground Control. Control. Yeah. So uh, this was in 1981, I guess, and there were supposed to be a few of these Polybius arcade machines, which were serviced. Yeah, periodically visited by Men in Black, like yeah. Will Smith, Tommy Lee Jones, Men in Black. Yeah. Uh, for the purpose of data mining the machines and analyzing the effects. And there have been a lot of people who supposedly have played the games and have suffered all kinds of weird mental side effects. like Seizures. Yeah, nausea. Uh, yeah. Um, so really Amnesia. strange. Yeah, strange physical side effects as a result of having to play the game. And what happened exactly? The game was around for like a couple months? For a couple months, and then they just mysteriously vanished because of, you know, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air came out and Will Smith couldn't keep servicing the machines. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so Will Smith's involved. All right, it's just a Will Smith conspiracy. Um, yeah, so players supposedly suffered a series of unpleasant side effects, amnesia, insomnia, night terrors, and hallucinations. Um, pretty weird stuff. Sounds Have you, like a pretty standard, you know, like daily set of symptoms for me. You know, that's what I wake up with. I, you know, just hearing about <laughs> it, I want to play it. It's like <laughs> yeah. night terrors and hallucinations. <laughs> yeah. Like seems like a high cost to pay. Yeah. But like, I'm so intrigued that I, I might be willing to take the risk. Yeah. Um, what about the uh, real games which have been inspired by this? Have you played any of those or do you know anything about them? Uh, I haven't played them. I've seen a little bit of um, footage from them. So, like, they have a lot of flashing images. They're kind of inspired by, like, Tempest or things yeah, like that. Yeah, I heard that it was actually, some people believe that what was Polybius was actually, like, a pre-released version of Tempest. Maybe. I mean, we'll get into that in a second, but I think... That's more just like people's imagination building upon the myth and adding. Well, the whole to it. thing is like imagination, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Like the entire thing. Like, but I mean, I, I think like is... originally it started out as just like a guy posting, posting about something to like kind of build. Yeah, his myth. website. His yeah. website. Some people believe that this was fabricated just by the guy who created this website. I think it's called CoinOp. Mm -hmm. It's like an arcade. CoinOp.org. CoinOp.org. Exactly. Yeah. Some people believe that this guy just created this just to bring hits to his website, which would make a lot of sense and also have been a very effective <laughs> false story, which has held on for yeah. um, 17 years now. Yeah. So pretty cool i think like all the stuff that's come around from it but the like games that i've seen have like uh like occasional like images that are like supposed to be like you know uh like triggering things in your subconscious and things like that subliminal messaging type stuff uh one of the the ps4 game all of that stuff that was in there i think is like relatively like positive stuff though it's not like and a lot of people describe the game as being like very like the myth not like the actual game or the ps4 game being like very negative having like you know um what's that movie obey uh they live yes 
like that kind of stuff. So the movie, which uh, yeah features um uh yeah the the uh, Shepherd Fairy yeah. line obey. That's yeah. where the street artist Shepherd Fairy got that from. Um, and the movie's about subliminal messaging. Yeah. So like I was, I think I mentioned it a few moments ago. Uh, also, Ernest Klein, the writer for Ready Player One, wrote a new novel called Armada that like this Polybius thing is like the whole setup for it and like really so no messaging and stuff. Yeah. Is Polybius actually directly mentioned in the book or is it just kind I'm of not inspired sure if by it's it? actually Polybius, but it's inspired by the whole concept behind Polybius. Sounds really cool. I really love ready player one. I'd love so to read good. I can't wait for the movie. His next book. Have you read it or have you started? Reading I've, it? I've not. I like just found out about it today actually. Okay, so. cool. Um, so should we move on to the next myth? What else you got? Um, think since it was the first thing I thought about when coming up, when I thought about this being a good topic to talk about was, uh, Ben drowned, which right. I think I mentioned to you. I don't know if you looked up anything about it or not. I did, but I know very little. So, um, this boy, how about I'll read this to you. I found like a sh- very short abridged version of the story, which is like, this guy posting like many, 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 many long blog posts with images and videos and all this stuff. But this kind of gives you an idea of what it is. And then we can. This guy is it. named Ben Drown? No, no. Okay. So a kid bought a beat up copy of Majora's Mask from a strange old man at a yard sale and was told it belonged to a child that didn't live here anymore. He put the game in and saw that the first slot was named Ben. He made his link and in spot two and played, but the NPCs would randomly refer to him still as Ben. He deleted the first slot and the game freaked out. What followed was unbelievably creepy tale of a haunting, unbelievably creepy tale with several long descriptions and YouTube videos showing the game like bugging out, glitching. And telling him things like, you shouldn't have done that, and you're torn. And uh, it has, like, uh, basically it goes on to talk about, like, how the game starts trying to talk to him. Um, so this is like a ghost in the machine type scenario? Yeah, okay. yeah. and, um, like, through over, like, the course of the blog, like, you s- kind of see him start to break down and talk about how he like needs to get rid of the game and the game i think it's like mailed back to him or something and it's like a little bit unbelievable and over the top but the footage like the game footage that he put together is like legitimately kind of weird creepy game footage. so there's like youtube clips of majora's mask and it's just like glitching out in strange ways yeah like really bizarre strange ways with like the dialogue kind of being messed up and like link's character kind of being broken and uh like a, a bizarre statue that like follows him around and stuff so, so what kind of explanation is there for this i mean obviously maybe rom hacks or like something okay. like that yeah that yeah. makes sense yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah it could be a rom hack. i mean if it was a real rom hack that i mean there's probably been like rom hacks inspired by this right maybe possibly but like i haven't seen anything else that kind of got the like uh, attention that like the original poster got yeah i mean doing things like deleting the save file and having the thing like follow you around like is that even feasible like as a rom hack like i wonder i don't know it could have been just like some clever editing or stuff there is some 
kind of weird stuff you can do in Majora's Mask because of the whole like three day cycle. I don't know if you you haven't really played it, have you? No, I have no idea so what you're talking about. There's like in Majora's Mask, there's a three day cycle to the game, and then like the world ends, but you can like go back to like day one you can reset so the whole game takes place over three days over three days interesting and you have to do everything in like three days basically this is like three days of real time like 72 hours no like zelda time you know just like i don't know i don't know maybe like three hours or something and then you have to like reset it and you don't have like all the items and stuff you do so you like basically spend a bunch of time completing a dungeon and then have to reset it and like go complete another dungeon and reset it until you kind of set the like foundation for doing it. But there are ways to get around with like hacks and stuff to get around the uh, three day cycle. But if you extend beyond it or whatever, like mess with things to send you to like another time, there's like actually seven days that like the game was originally intended to do or whatever. But if you like go outside of the normal cycles, certain things in the game start to behave weirdly just because it wasn't intended to do that i see so this myth was propagated through a series of blog posts right right and then it includes youtube clips or whatever of like the glitches yeah there's like several youtube clips of like the glitches with um like characters like there's this creepy mask salesman in the game who's got this like very eerie creepy laugh and it's just got like him laughing and telling him things that are like you shouldn't have done that or did or whatever like things that like and this is not dialogue in the game not normal dialogue right, in the right, game. right right yeah and like referring to him as ben after you see him like in the video clearly loading the other thing and it starts out with it just it's like um Ben is the first save file and the next one is like your turn and he like starts his own save file as Link but it calls him Ben still in the game right and it'll be like his like torso just like at a at like a 90 degree angle to his legs like trying to walk around and uh-huh. things like that or like turning around and then looking back and having that statue I described following you which is like kind of like a blank emotionless link like a really weird creepy looking link yeah does awareness of this myth um is it affected at all by you having played majora's mask is it like i mean i like originally like discovered the myth when it was kind of like first surfacing because like i was a big fan of majora's mask and was just looking up like information on majora's mask and that's how i came upon it and i was like yeah, this can't be real. But I like, you know, kept like paying attention to it because I was a big fan of Majora's Mask. So I was curious about like, how could I like look into like seeing if I could break it or not? Right. And what what is the name Ben Drown from? So it's like the as thing, the story goes along, starts out with Ben as like the first save file, right? From a boy who like didn't live there before that he bought it at. And, like, as the myth goes along, he starts to talk about how, like, the game talks to him or whatever. And he's, like, feeling like an entity, I think, like, in his house or whatever. And, uh, like, he comes to the conclusion that, like, uh, basically Ben was the boy who lived at, like, the house before that didn't live there anymore. And he had drowned and died. I see. Okay. 
So Ben drowned. Ben drowned. Okay. Um, I got an interesting one. Super Mario Galaxy 2. The um, the figures on the horizon. Yeah, they have the a name. Hell, the Hell. Hell Valley. Yeah. Beyond Hell Valley. This is pretty weird. And this is actually not a game I played. Um, you played the first like one Majora's a little Mask. bit, right? Yeah, but I played not, the first yeah. Mario Galaxy. Um, Mario games in general. Um, and another exception is luigi's mansion which is kind of like a darker tone but usually mario is like really bright really happy like really wholesome yeah. kind of setting for a game in super mario galaxy 2 there is one specific uh level of the game Shiver where valley i think right yeah I, I think that's right where you switch to first person view and if you look into a certain direction you can see shadowy figures standing at the edge of the galaxy they're not like particularly menacing or anything either oh i disagree they, they're pretty creepy they're pretty menacing um, there, we can include an image, um, along with the show notes, which shows what they look like, but anywhere you go in that level, if you look up at it, this same place, they will always be there and it's the edge of the galaxy. And there are these, uh, shadowy figures just kind of looking at you. Um, you can't get any closer. You never meet them and nobody in the game ever references them. Basically they're not referenced yeah. anywhere in the game in any way. And you don't see them really unless you look for them. Right. Yeah, that's right. Um, so they're kind of weird looking giants. Um, yeah, some people I read about how some people thought that they were the giants from Majora's Mask coming out of that. Yeah, it's a little <laughs> bit of like a Slender Man type thing. And people thought, I guess, maybe they could be like trees or something like that. Um, so people started looking through the actual files of the game. And this is like where it got really weird. It turns out that the sky pattern for the game is called Beyond Hell Valley. Yeah, that's weird. And Hell Valley isn't the name of the level or of any level in Mario Galaxy. Um, it obviously doesn't sound like anything you'd find yeah, in a Mario, in a Mario game, game. Like, ah, yeah, going for a stroll in Mario Valley trying to save Princess Peach. Hell Valley. Wait, what did I say? You said Mario Valley. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, so as for the shapes themselves, they're called Hell Valley Sky Tree. That's like the file name for these shapes. Um, That's but when totally you reasonable when name. you open them, they they're shadowy figures. They look like alien figures. They're definitely not trees. Um, and to yeah, my knowledge, so those are some weird trees. If they're if they're yeah, I don't they're. think anybody knows you know what the hell's going on here. Really, I mean, obviously it must be some someone who worked on the game. I, I think that a lot of these myths are created by developers who are working on a game who just want to put in some kind of weird Easter egg to maybe like freak people out or whatever. And in some cases, these things might not be discovered for, you know, years after the game is released. And at that point, it may become unclear or impossible to even determine the exact source of yeah. this stuff, you know? So in the case of this game, this game is what, like 10 years old, probably. And going back to that time, I mean, who knows if it's like even possible to identify what the real story is behind yeah. this. I mean, cause those people might be gone or, Dead. you know, like dozens no. or hundreds <laughs> of people may have worked. Yeah. Uh, assassinated by the Illuminati yeah. CIA, like took them out for sure. Yeah. For you know, sure. There was a big conspiracy. That's what the hell Valley is. Yeah. Someone should make a ROM hack Mario game called beyond hell Valley. And yeah. I'm, I wonder like, are there people just like, developers indie developers just like riffing on these things i mean there must be right there's gotta be i mean like some things uh there's one like rom hack coming out based upon a story about like uh old nes godzilla game or something that's getting like turning to like a pseudo reality thing it wasn't necessarily real before but it's coming to like due to like 
somebody wanting to make it real. And I think Polybius, like the games from that, that have come out of that, came out of that, are a good example that, yeah, people, even if things aren't real, people want to make them real to like to believe the myth. Exactly. The myth is so much fun. So much yeah. fun to indulge in. I have not played this game, as I mentioned, but I really would like to play it and just to go to this just level. To go to <laughs> yeah, just to like find these shadowy figures. Oh, and just there feel my like, homies are at. The uh, Hell just Valley like, Sky Trees. Yeah, participate in this myth beyond just talking about it. Yeah. Um, what do you got next on your list? Uh, I thought... A good one was uh, the Street Fighter II Shang Long character. Oh, yeah, I heard about this. Yeah, so uh, it was a mistranslation of, how do you say that? Shriuken or something? Shriuken. Yeah. A mistranslation of that. And um, he said, you must defeat Shang Long to stand a chance. But it, it was supposed to be Shriuken, his like attack. It's strange because Shung Long, it sounds like Chinese. Yeah, it does. It totally sounds, sounds like, like a, a Chinese name. Could be like holy dragon. Yeah. Shung means like holy, long means dragon. Uh, it doesn't, it's not Japanese, which is bizarre because the game is Japanese. Yeah, but I mean to and like the an English Ryu, speaker. Ryu and Ken are Japanese. To an English speaker, though, just unaware of that, you know, like might just think, oh, it sounds Asian. Totally works in the context. I can understand how people would be like, maybe there is some Sheng Long secret character. But he, it's weird. I mean, it's like Shriuken is clearly Japanese. Like it's a Japanese word, right? Right. Sheng Long is not. You would think that the developers would know that. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of curious like how this translation, this mistranslation could be introduced. But tell me more about how, where does this come from? What is the mistranslation exactly? Uh, well, it just... The, at early in the game, he says that, and that's all. Later, it was included in um, the um, instruction manual. Well, there's well. been a long belief that this was a secret character, right? And EGM published an April Fool's prank, further like adding to it on April Fool's, saying this is how you unlock Sheng Long. Where does the uh, mistranslation appear? In the game, in the game itself. Where? Where in the game? Like you know uh, when they like have the. Um, dialogue between characters uh what before a fight right or after, after a fight. fight after a fight um he's like, he's says, like you have to you beat must Shung defeat yeah. Shung Long right to uh to stand a chance so this has never been a character right never a character. been a character right okay yeah and like i said egm publishing you know an april fool's prank on how to unlock it and stuff like further added to it right but I mean, April Fool's pranks have like turned into like EGM did one where like you could play as Sonic in Smash Bros. And then later Sonic was in Smash Bros. Huh. So um, next I got Earthbound on my list. Um, That's an interesting one. Yeah. Did you play Earthbound? No. Okay. Really good game. Yeah. It, you love that. So game. the English. Yeah. It's one of my favorite games probably of all time. One of my favorite RPGs. Top five. Um the game Earthbound, so the English name of the game is Earthbound. The Japanese name of the game is Mother, Mother right? Earthbound makes a lot of sense because the game is actually about, you're, you're a kid, the game begins when you're a kid in a suburb and you hear a crash outside and you go outside to investigate what it is yeah. and there's police everywhere and it, it's actually the meteor which has crashed into the ground and there- So it, Mother. There's an alien <laughs> which has arrived, right? So Earthbound makes a lot of sense. However, Mother, like for me, as you know an american person I see how you cannot get how mother would not when you know alien comes out of the sky mother so it's a <laughs> it's a 
very bright, uh, cute game where you fight things like bugs and robots and uh, taxi cabs. Uh, it's like a cartoonish, very cartoonish, yeah, wholesome kind of stylized, world. like as pretty like kid friendly. I right. Would say. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So, um, but at the end of the game, it, it changes tone and it gets kind of dark and it gets a little bit weird. Weird. Yeah. It first happens where the kids, so your, your party in this RPG is made up of these children and they have their souls ripped from their bodies and put into robots. And so the final part of the game, you're controlling these robots and you are attacking this final boss. Who's an evil alien entity who's trying to destroy the world and it gets a little bit creepy and weird and dark, which is like a drastic change in tone from the rest of the game where everything is super cute. Right. Now, do you want to describe some of the imagery? It's- yeah. So the, I mean, a lot of the imagery around this myth is specific to the final boss. Right. Um, so the final boss goes through several different forms. And in the uh, second form in particular is where it starts to get really weird. And it looks a lot like an endoscopic image of a woman's cervix. cervix. Right. So it looks like reproductive organs. Uh, very strange. And as you as you see later, as the bo- as the boss uh, changes forms again, it's not an accident, um, and he changes into another form, which um, looks like some kind of a like psychedelic uh, fetus um, imagery or something. It's like sounds dope. It's I mean. <laughs> It's just really weird. It's just like a. It's Sounds like a psychic. Kind of like fucked up if you're a kid playing that game. To be honest, it definitely like the does. Drastic shift in tones. Apparently, the developer, the guy who wrote um, and directed the game, he had experienced some, some traumatic thing walking into a movie as a kid or something. Right. Like, exactly. Yeah. He do you have witnessed, the name of that movie? Um, I don't in front of me. No, it's a Japanese it's a really movie. Really weird name or something. I forgot what it was. I don't think it's like an English language movie. But yeah. anyway, he walks into this theater accidentally as a child and he witnesses a sex scene and he interprets it as a rape scene. And apparently this scene traumatized him. And uh, some, somehow <laughs> this myth is related to that trauma. Yeah, alien abortion. Right. So um, in the game, basically, your main character's name Ness and... Ness and his friends are essentially in the end of the game performing a stylized abortion in a game called Mother. So there's all <laughs> kinds of weird stuff going on here. And it's strange because I played through the game a long time ago. I would love to play through it again. I think I'll do that maybe after I finish Final Fantasy IV. But I wouldn't mind playing through it. That's like a classic. Yeah, total classic. But um, when I played through it, you know, I don't remember any of these things like really being striking. <laughs> um, so it's funny to like look back at this. How myth. old were you when you played it? Um, I was probably about 14, something like that. Yeah, you're still at an age where definitely plenty of things could go over your head. Yeah, exactly. I don't think I would interpret some of this imagery as like, like, oh, that's, that's a, a cervix. cervix. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's a pretty weird one. Yeah. Uh, what you got next? Um, How about the secret cow level in Diablo? Oh, yeah, I've heard about that. Yeah, so uh, people kind of would like click. There were little things like you click on a cow and the cows would get more and more agitated. And back like before internet and everything, people frequently would just spread rumors about things saying, I heard if you click it enough, you can get to a secret cow level. Is this from the original Diablo? From the original Diablo. Now, Blizzard, like... You know, it got so big, so many people talked about it. Blizzard did include 
like secret levels based on this in Diablo they talk, 2 and What 3. were people talking about exactly? You click on a cow and then what? You click on a cow and as you click on a cow, like the cow gets more agitated. Right. So like people reported that if you like found the right cow or you clicked on a cow, like a certain cow enough number of times or something, you would go to like a bizarre secret cow level. And you could actually do that? Not in the first one. It was just a myth, but Blizzard turned it into a reality with Diablo 2 and 3 because like enough people talked about it. They thought it would be a fun little Easter egg to include. And so in Diablo 2 and 3, you click on cows and then you're transported to some like cow level. I don't know about Diablo 2, but like Diablo 3, there is like some really bizarre, like weird levels that I've seen over the footage. It's like, uh, like rainbows and cows and like, it's weird. It's weird. Like it just doesn't fit the tone of the like rest of the game. Hmm. But kind of interesting. Cool that like the developers like that got big enough that the developers decided to turn it into a reality. Yeah. So I got one last one, and that is Braid. Oh yeah, I got that too. That's also one of our favorite games. Yeah. So Braid is a game we've talked about in this podcast before. It's a really fantastic indie game. It's made by the same guy who made uh, The Witness, right? Jonathan Blow. Blow. Jonathan Blow, yeah, like a well-known indie game developer. Um, So on the surface, the critically acclaimed indie hit Braid is a pretty straightforward platformer. Um, It's kind of a 16-bit looking game. It's a side-scrolling game where you play as a guy named Tim. And the special mechanic of the game is that you can reverse time and use your powers to find these uh, missing puzzle pieces. And it's kind of uh, Mario-esque. I mean, the game actually directly references some Mario things like with the green with the green pipes and like the, yeah. you know, so it's a little bit Mario ish platformer. The simplistic gameplay is uh, deceptive, though, um, and there is a lot of symbolic and ambiguous um, imagery, which leads you to kind of a larger stranger story. Yeah, um, the game on the surface is about a relationship. It's about like heartbreak. It's yeah. about this guy, Tim, going through a breakup with this girl who's uh, the quote princess. Yeah, right in this kind of Mario um, reference. Um, so hidden throughout the game are these uh, seven secret stars. And this is so bizarre because I had never known. about. I never this. knew about this either. Right. So I finished the game. And They're like really hidden. Like, yeah. Yeah. Really. They're hidden. really difficult to find. So Normally, you're collecting puzzle pieces or anything. There's no reference to them. You collect puzzle pieces to complete the game. And if you do that, I mean, I had never seen any of these stars or heard about any of them at all. They're so difficult to get. No achievements, no hints, no clues, nothing. One of them, you have to wait on a screen for two hours before you can get the star. Right. I've heard that. And another one can't be acquired if you've already completed the second world. Yeah. So it's like things that like without any reference to them, you wouldn't even with like such obscure, weird ways to acquire them. Like the only way I really see anybody like doing this kind of thing is if someone else has told you about it. Yeah. So even after you collect the seven stars, nothing happens um, until you return to the game's final level. And there's only a slight difference. It's the final level. It's the final level. It's the chase scene level. Yeah, but that's like at the beginning too, isn't it? It's at the beginning and the end of the game. 
Um, it's the end of the game. So you climb up. There's a ladder going up to the highest level of the building, which you can't get to until you collect all the puzzle pieces. And when you collect them, then the ladder is restored, and then you can climb up, and that's where you finish the game. Yeah, and the, the final level is, you can't get there, but this is the first level where you can get there, but without the puzzle pieces. No, no, this is the final level. Okay. So in the final level, it's kind of unique because it's sort of a chase scene. So you're being chased by the boss, and you're trying to catch this princess. Um, once you finish, though, it turns out that you're watching the situation in reverse, and actually the princess is trying to escape from you, and so you are pursuing her, which is weird. You know, it kind of makes yeah. you wonder, like, why is she trying to run away? I mean, supposedly you're the protagonist, yeah. and you're like Mario trying to save the princess, but it turns out the princess doesn't want to be saved. She's trying to get away from you. What happens when you have the seven stars is that the level is changed such that you can actually catch up to the princess and you can touch her, which you can't do normally. Yeah. When you do that, she begins flashing and then you hear the sound of a nuclear bomb detonating. Right. And so the myth is about the girl is an atomic bomb and the game is actually about it's developing like a metaphor. It. It's a metaphor for developing the atomic bomb and the creators of the bomb wishing that they had the ability to go back in time and to take back that invention. Yeah. That's a, kind of a mind fuck. Yeah. And then so even beyond that, I mean, it also exposes this kind of like dark, you know, you know, uh, truth behind this kind of colorful, cute looking, yeah. really beautiful game. And at the end of the game, there is an epilogue, which features a quote from Kenneth Bainbridge, who Trinity is the atomic bomb test, the head of it. That's right. And it's a really, really bizarre quote, um, which I guess you I can read quote? here. Yeah, yeah, I have the quote. He scrutinized the fall of an apple, the twisting of metal orbs hanging from a thread. Through these clues, he would find the princess, see her face. After an especially fervent night of tinkering, he kneeled behind a bunker in the desert. He held a piece of welder's glass up to his eyes and waited. On that moment hung eternity. Time stood still. Space contracted to a pinpoint. It was as though the earth had opened and the skies had split. One felt as though he had been privileged to witness the birth of the world. Someone near him said, it worked. Someone else said, now we are all sons of bitches. Pretty dark quote yeah. for the end of Braid. So, yeah, it seems like this myth really has a lot of truth. Yeah. Um, this it, it's, seems difficult to argue not only that the seven stars, you know, were actually intentionally put in by the developers, but that this is an actual kind of allusion to the creation of the nuclear bomb, yeah. the atomic bomb, and puts a crazy spin onto Braid. Yeah, yeah, pretty. Yeah, so before we wrap up this podcast, what you been playing recently? Uh, well, I actually had one other thing I wanted to touch upon. Which well, I, have, I have a few more, but uh, I thought Hero Brian would be a cool one to talk about. Do you know who Hero Brian is? No, I haven't. It's like a huge, huge one that like went around all over like Minecraft forums and stuff. Where like oh I heard about the Minecraft one yeah this where like good. somebody like uh, had like a live stream cut out from them and their character died and woke up in like a bizarre area that they couldn't like wake up from they had a character that was a duplicate of um, there were a lot of images floating around the internet that was a duplicate of your like default player skin or whatever without eyes that would follow you around or like stuff the guy who posted about it supposedly had like man-made objects like appearing throughout his world without him creating any of the things and um 
it blew up. It got pretty big. And then um, what's the developer's name? Notch. Yeah, right? Notch. Exactly. Yeah, uh, during like Minecraft beta 1.66 or something, he had uh, previously said that there was no hero brine in the game and that it was just something that players were making up. But then in that patch update notes, it showed hero brine removed. And it was actually removed? Mm, I mean, it just showed that it was removed. He wasn't in the game after that. But, like, so I think removed. it was just a joke. I think it was just Notch, like, playing a joke on, like, the whole community. Right, I see. But, yeah. Anyways, there's a, I have a bunch of other games to talk about. There's so many different urban legends. But, uh, yeah, I think we can go and wrap up. I'm playing... Um, I've been playing a couple of games on my phone a lot recently and still playing a lot of Zelda and not beating it. <laughs> Any good games to recommend on the phone? Uh, I've been playing Flipping Legend, which is <laughs> it's uh, it's like uh, these tiles and you like move throughout the tiles by going left or right and uh, have different abilities and basically just flip your way through this thing. And if you don't move, your health bar goes down. So you have to keep going around and kind of navigating your way through a puzzle. And uh, also been playing, I think it's Punch Punch Kick Punch, PPKP. It's kind of like a 16-bit like Street Fighter type thing where all you do is like punch or kick and unlock um, new abilities and stuff. And it's pretty fun. Cool. I've been playing Shadow of War, trying to finish that soon, developed by Monolith. This is like one of the biggest releases of the month. It's a really it's good massive. game. It's pretty massive. I think I'm about 25 hours or so into it, and I think I'm at the last third of the game. I mean, it's probably going to be over 30 hours before I finish it, I estimate. But um, really enjoyable game, and pretty similar to the previous game, Shadow of Mordor, which I also really enjoyed. Yeah, That was one of my favorite games of 2015, I think, or 2014, whenever it was released. So, yeah, it's a great sequel. Really enjoy it. And my girlfriend just gifted me Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, which yeah. I'm looking forward to giving a shot since this game is blowing up in China right now. Yeah. Getting super big in China. We're talking about going to Internet Cafe to just hang out and play that. Yeah, it seems like a good thing to do. There are actually a lot of people who are playing it in Internet Cafes here in China now. Yeah. So And the system requirements are apparently pretty high. So it seems like a good candidate for a game to go play at the uh, local internet bar. Yeah. <laughs> and they're all over the place. Like within a mile of here, there's probably like 50 of them. Yeah. Internet bars are a big thing in China. Cool. Great. Well, thank you for listening to the podcast. If you want to listen to more episodes of the podcast, you can get them through Apple Podcasts app or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also stream them or download them directly from our website at chengdugaming.com. And thanks very much for listening. Later. <laughs> <laughs>